Could you please stop touching my knee? It was more of a gentle rub. <laughs> it was still a touch. Yeah. I, look, it's just it's been going on for a while. Well, I mean, you've only been here like two hours. I know. And and the, I, I'll be honest, the sheer restraint of you waiting two hours to touch my knee was somewhat shocking. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to get some food in my belly, feel a little good. Yeah, I feel a bit warm. You feel, you feel, warm. feel I'm a little, warm? I'm very warm. I feel warm. I'm very warm. You getting hot? Yeah, it's getting hot. You getting hot? Not as hot as you at the border. Oh, Christ. You know, all I had to say to the border guard was wrestling podcast, and he was like, <laughs> go on in. <laughs> See sir. you later. Yeah. Clown. Yeah. Whereas last time I came back from the United States uh, with my son, the Canadian border guard wanted to know where the hell my wife was. <laughs> Yeah, even even though I was going home. I mean, he might have looked at you and figured, there's no way this dude's married. Yeah. So maybe he stole this child. So did you know that often when I go home at the border, I, it, because of the pandemic, I haven't crossed a lot in a while, but I get recognized because I train the border guards. Right. And I'm the one who always yells and screams at them. Do they yell and scream at you? No, but one time the guy is staring at me, but like really like intensely right. and clearly uneasy. And he's asking me these questions and he's grilling me like, like I never get grilled because I'm usually with the family, right? Right. And my wife finally is like, oh, he's the bandana guy because he's wearing a bandana all the time. And he's like, oh, I knew you knew him from somewhere. hate you. <laughs> so, yeah. Or I thought maybe you were going to say like he thought he had to impress you. So he was like working extra hard. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I know all the mandatory questions now, though, and <laughs> they right. never ask them. That's our, funny. Our borders are not secure. No. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about? Well, we're doing Rumble, and I think tonight we might have some contenders mm. for the uh, top spot. Mo? Now entering <laughs> the Royal Rumble. short to, to only have one name yeah it should be like mo diggity <laughs> you're gonna bag it up <laughs> but like mabel at least is two syllables right mabel yeah it, like mo you know better blues you know? mo money mo problems well, he, do you think he had a lot of money mo yeah probably not no i, I can't imagine <laughs> they paid him mo purple mo gold <laughs> I bet he paid them to be on that day. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, yeah. Look, we want Mabel, but... <laughs> it's all right. I'll give you $150. All right. Come on down, pal. Because there's... Alex Jones booked the tag team, apparently. <laughs> you know, uh, the men on a mission were actually not on a mission. It was a CIA. We're running mission. out of voices. I mean, Vince, is, it's getting dicier by the day to do Vince. And, and Alex Jones is Yeah, isn't? it's even worse. It's, so it's weird. Vince Russo is going to be the only safe one by the end of <laughs> Well, we still got Steve. I don't know. Hey, yeah, you still get this guy. <laughs> Nothing worse can come out on him. Well, who knows? <laughs> the, the, the day is young. But yeah, so Mo. Uh, so, he, 1994, yeah. he comes in. Were you alarmed when you saw the time that he was in the match? <laughs> now, I know this Rumble so intimately that I I know how long all these guys are. It's a, it's a rich man's 91. We've talked about this. Like. Yes. 91 is boring and guys are in it forever. 94 is a fun rumble, but guys are in it forever. And we went through this with friggin' Sparky Plug last That's episode. Right. You know, he was in there forever. And there's a lot of dudes at a long run time. But Mo, you know, Mo puts in some work here. 22 minutes. Yeah. And I, I was impressed that when he ran down to the ring, he was doing some sort of a snow angel movement with his arms and legs. It was winter in Rhode Island. That's true. Do you yeah. get do you get a lot of snow? Yes. Yes. What's hold on? What's a lot of snow? Um, Al. Al snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. That's too much snow. No, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll like a, we'll get storms that are like, you know, eight to twelve inches. When when and she, they pile up. Okay, well, what's the like up to your body? Where does it pile up to? On well, if they're stacked like the plows and all that. No, no, no. Like oh. if it just lands on the ground. Oh, I don't know here. 
I don't even want to talk about where, where you're pointing right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're further north. Obviously, it's going to be more snow for you. I don't think we get that much snow up to the, up to there. Uh, no, I'm probably making that up. Yeah, that seems high. That's there. like four feet of snow. <laughs> when I was a kid. When I, but did you feel when you were a child mm-hmm. that like you got more snow because you were shorter? No, I think due to global warming and climate change, we, we likely got more snow. Well, that's not a real thing. <laughs> that's a all right, Vince. Um, all right, Mo comes in at 19, and he goes right to help Mabel against Crush and Bigelow. Yeah. And Vince doesn't even talk about him, oh. other than saying they're going to function as a team in the yeah. Mabel. Yeah, Vince has never watched the Royal Rumble right. if he thinks they're going to function as a team. Um, also, he, he immediately is tied up with fellow uh, Iron Man in this thing, Bob Holly. For no reason, they're suddenly tied up and they're in the corner already. Right. Until Bam Bam Bigelow just grabs him and kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, he does go at Sean uh, as well in there too, working over Crush. He's kind of mixing it up. Uh, And I thought he actually had a nice aggressive start. I don't mind the start, but then they get to the point where Mabel's being teamed up and Shawn Michaels basically punches him in the face. (laughs) Yes. And he just lays there. Yeah. And they get Mabel out. And once Mabel's out... Right. It's over. Mo should basically follow, right? Right. Yes, yes. He should follow the orbit out of the ring. He should be pulled. (laughs) The gravitational pull (laughs) should pull him with him. Does Uh, it upset you at all that they're wearing variations on the same suit? Well, I don't think Mabel, they wanted him in the tight shorts. Well, I, and I think Mo would look really ridiculous in the big baggy pants. You don't think Mo already looks ridiculous with his body shaped like a pear? Yeah, he does. I, I really think, like, we've talked about this. When, when we talked about Mabel, I feel like we talked about this. Like, they were so close to figuring it out with them. <laughs> but I think their body shapes are a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, because M- M- Mabel... Not to body shame. No, it's not a shame thing. But like, look, it's weird. Right. It's not that it's too big or too small. It's weird. Mabel's got these, like... Thin legs, yeah. and then he's just got this massive top. He's like if you put popsicle sticks on a Mr. Potato head. Yes. yes. And Mo is the Mr. Potato Head. Right. Yeah. So, and then you add in the purple and the gold. Moe's weird white dye. Okay, was, he, was that dyed? Because I always thought he was old. No, he's young. I, he's, we, I think we talked about this. He's like, they're super young in this Do you think point. I remember anything? And this might have been a different podcast. I don't even know. But, but I do too many. I, see, I imagine, and maybe this is me being, I knew Mabel was young. Right. But I imagine that Moe was like his father or uncle. No, definitely not. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now. Men on a Mission. Mo. Yeah, you don't think Mo has his own uh, Wikipedia? Uh, he does. I just didn't remember his real name. Uh, so he was born 1967. So he would have been uh, he's under 26. F- okay. Oh, he's only 26? In 93. How do you get that body in 26? At 26? Uh, he's got thick thighs. Uh, again, not to shame. No. I'm not trying to shame him. But so he does have the white beard. But that's always been a thing where it made people seem older. I remember in Ring of Honor, Tommaso Ciampa... Yeah, did that, and I thought he was like some old guy that came out that they were using from like in his like in his fifties or whatever because he had the white dye and everything, and just I guess we're just stupid. Yeah, we are we are stupid idiots. So Mo, yeah, Mabel goes out, and Mo really slows up from there. He just gets walloped and knocked out of the way. He tries to get in in front of Lex when Lex comes in hot. He's he gets smacked by him. Yeah, he just gets smacked by him. Uh, him and Tatanka throw big overhand chops on the ropes. Uh, then he kind of gets his bearings as the model comes in, and Martel just slugs him in the face and tries to eliminate him. And then he gets stuck with Martel forever. Yeah, well, and, and when he gets stuck with Martel, he just fades to the background again. Right. Right? Um, and like, and we get to the point in the match where everybody's in who's going to be in. Yes. And he's still in. Yeah. Now, he has the least chance of winning of everyone in the ring. Very right? much so. Yeah. I don't care who else is in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, Fatu's in there. Right. Fatu has more of a chance because Fatu, within the last 12 months, had a world title match with Bret Hart <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. So that Mo did not have that. Fatu is also not an old man. Correct. The way Mo is. Mo's probably might be older, uh, younger than him at this point. I'm, I'm f- for sure he is, but he certainly does not look healthier. No. No. Again, not to shame. We're not shaming. Also, I'm not saying anything bad about Mark Henry. He hangs around for a while. A lot of predators trying to take him out, but he fights him off. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he gives some hard rights to Luger. He somehow survives Bigelow and Tatanka beating the shit out of him. Bret Hart pummels the shit out of him. Yeah, but he keeps hanging in. Do you think Brett is surprised that Mo is still in there? <laughs> no, uh, I thought I could be a pretty good man on a mission. <laughs> I, I wonder if him and Brett ever actually spoke backstage. I bet there's some random house show where there was like a six-man tag. Was Brett with them? Brett and men on a mission. Against the Quebecers. And, and Owen. Oh, oh, That'd be a good match. <laughs> well, 
Quebecers and Owen is a Brett and the Steiners against. Oh, the that Quebec. would be an epic match. Yeah. But no, Mission could work enough. That'd be a, like Brett takes the heat. Mabel comes in for the hot tag. Yeah, Mo just stands there and looks old. <laughs> yes, with his pear body. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought he showed up well. The commentary just kind of never mentions him. Like, no, and I certainly loved when he choked Tenru. Yeah. Really aggressive in the corner. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the match. Like a bum fight. Yeah. Uh, Fatu ends up kicking him out while everyone's tied up watching Luger and Adam Bomb. So, again, he's not even noticed. <laughs> and they say, like, somebody went out. Someone was eliminated. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought this was fine. I thought he worked hard. Um, his stuff with Mabel was early. Uh, early on was fun. He was always moving. He kind of had a strong attack when he was trapped. He was a warm body, for sure, but he, he was actively warm. He wasn't just, like, sitting around. He was like a cooked pear. Yes, he was. As opposed to a rotten pear. A braised pear. Has there ever been a greater discrepancy for potential guys in a tag team than Mabel and Moe? Um, like, I mean, Neidhart didn't have as much potential as Brett, right? Marty depends Sean. what level of potential you think Mabel had. Well, you knew they were going to... Pro- Mabel's a guy they're going to push. See, I didn't think that. Until they actually pushed him, I thought they were just like, whatever. You didn't think when they threw him out there against Double J, they were going (laughs) to push him? Not really. I don't know. Because think of the reaction even to this day when you think of that Diesel match at SummerSlam. It's like, like, I can't believe Mabel won King of the Ring. I can't believe Mabel fought Diesel. So it's like, no, I don't. Again, we've talked about it. The name, the look. Like, none of that helped him. No. You know? If he was Nelson Frazier, you know, like, badass hoodie, you know, like. If they if they did like a gangsters thing with them, like which I think is kind of what they did a little bit, like in Memphis, the oh. Harlem. If they came in as the Harlem Knights, that was their gimmick, right? And they were like badasses, and they beat the shit out of guys. I think that'd be more than like, and they could still do the rapping, like if they could be like, except like throw your guns in the air instead of throw your hands in the air, right? But do you think Vince thought that he was presenting them as gangsters? No, I don't think so. You don't think he's that out of touch? But when you listen to like New Gen on a Mission and stuff, they're talking about obviously the early days of Men on a Mission, like. They were over. Like the crowd was into them in early ninety in mid ninety three when they showed up. Like they they get good pops and, um, you know this is it was the Steiners were on top and then the Quebecers. So by the time they got there, I think it was you know dulling a little bit. Would you say they were a rung above the Smoking Guns in ninety three? I think they were more over than the Guns for a bit. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah, like I mean I know we're kind of shitting on them now, but at the time I liked them. I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I got no issues. No, me neither. Uh, I do find that there was like a bit like... I thought it was like he had a nice little flurry at the start, came in with a tiny bit of fanfare, but then they kind of just forgot about him for swaths of time. Right. And that was the bit of the problem. Yeah. But I think he was presented okay enough, especially with the Mabel stuff. So I went one on the presentation. Yeah, me too. I'm at one. Um, I went two for work because I do think that like there was a lot of... A lot of wiggling, mm. a lot of punching, <laughs> yes. a lot of uh, choking of Tenru. Mm. So I'm I'm on board with his uh, performance. In I gave him a two. Yeah, he was he kept moving. He was aggressive. He didn't just lay around. He for there's a lot of guys that go that long to just lay and do nothing. And yeah. he was not one of them. Which is surprising for an older gentleman <laughs> with a bad hip, <laughs> of course, and a weird haircut. Um, I'm at a one for effectiveness though because he's in there. He look he lasted almost 23 minutes, which is absurd. Right. Um, but he didn't eliminate anybody. He didn't really have any major hot spots, no. except for laying there where Mabel got hurt. Right. So uh, I gave him a one as well. He was effective in making himself look okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so that gives him a, a nice score of four. And uh, four each. Eight. Eight. Excuse me. Eight. My goodness. Which is pretty good, actually. Yes, that is very good. Um, so eight. And that will leave him... Now, let's let's uh, see where we're at here. Let's see where we're at here. Oh, my God. This spreadsheet is a mess because I'm doing... Watching it. you trying to do the math in real time versus laying on the couch with my eyes closed, <laughs> trying not to fall asleep. It's more that... Uh, so, is he better than Sparky Plug in yes. 1994? Yes. Okay. What about Ric Flair 2007? Probably not. Okay. So, there he goes. One spot ahead of Sparky Plug... Nobody will ever be below Sparky Plug at any of these. I can promise you that. Well, I mean, there's like there's like 150 people below him right now. I mean, in his <laughs> tiers. Oh, yes, of course. Of each tier, I will make sure I never say yes. Okay, so you just want Sparky Plug to be the <laughs> bottom of everything? Yeah. I mean, he is currently residing uh, in our last place ever position. Good. 
which I mean I'm happy about. It was a giant bag of trash. He's a piece of shit. So Mo 1994 though comes in at the 179th. I would uh, say he overachieved. Yes, I would not have Look, 179 currently out of my goodness, out of 305. Do you care if I take my shirt off? I'm really warm. No, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't mind. But I will also take my shirt off. <laughs> That's okay. Do you want to put mine on and I'll put yours on? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll cool off. Yeah. I don't see how we'll cool off. <laughs> I only feel like getting hotter in here by the minute. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's not bad. Not bad at all. Okay. Yeah, pretty good, actually. All right, so 1995, he comes in at 16. Yes, and I love, I'm going to tell you right away, <laughs> my favorite part of this is that he runs to the ring, mm-hmm. which in turn forces Oscar to run to the ring. Yeah, yeah, poor Oscar. I think he's done after that. Like, he's he's gone by mania. So Does I he think, die? I, I, no, I, well, no, he's still alive because he's at every convention at an empty table. But I think he, uh, I think he's like, if I'm going to have to start running, I'm out. Uh, I just wanted to sing, you know, I just wanted to sing about throwing your hands in the air again. and touching the atmosphere. It's only been two years of yeah. the same song. Whoop, there it is. Not my, I didn't come up with it, but I just sing it. It's over. Uh, but big difference. He runs in and King Kong Bundy throws him right out. Right out. Uh, and he becomes a running joke for the rest of the night. King, right. King just keeps bringing it up and laughing at it. Uh, he says, Mo is on a mission to break Luke's record. So... <laughs> Uh, and then he keeps wanting to see the replay all through the night. Of course. And he says he's going to set his Mickey Mouse watch and all this other stuff. Uh, At least he didn't make any racist comments. No. Like in yeah. 2000 with Takamichinoku. Correct. Correct. The Chinese man. It's weird. He got more bigoted as the years went on. Uh, I'm guessing he was always bigoted. Just it wasn't edited. <laughs> well, they didn't edit it out now. Like if you watch that I on know. the network now, he's like, look at the Chinese guy. Maybe it was just, yeah. I think he was always yeah, equally as a bigot. Now, I know we've talked about colors a lot, um, but purple is not most color, right? I feel like by 95, they should have went away from the purple. What would have been a better color? Bright well, red? No. <laughs> black and gold. Is that because they were a different team beforehand? The Harlem Knights. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Maybe, yeah. I mean, as you get older, you probably want to go towards black Well, black, Mabel, when we did TNA when he showed up, remember he had the black and gold on. It looked good. Oh, that's right. That's right. Is that Mabel's best look? He's got some rough looks, and we already talked about these all, but he's got yeah. the tits, his big daddy V. <laughs> the pajamas. He's got the pajamas. The the the, the leather jacket. Oh, that had to be... So, all right, we're not going to get How many it. cows had to die? All right, I gave... Uh, not many, because there was only one. I don't think he had multiple jackets. I so think he wore that one? same one for like three years. But was that one cow? Moo. All right. Uh, that's, that's what he should have been called instead of Moo. <laughs> Moo. Moo. <laughs> Moo. Yeah. All right, uh, zero for presentation. Look, I'm zeros across the board. I gave him a one for effectiveness because he sets the record. It's an effective entry and k- gives King something to riff on through the whole thing. He's their new record holder for shortest time. Does for- he actually set the record? They they uh, say it as he does, but I don't think he. But they does. retcon it back later. It is Warlord. No, Warlord in '89 is technically the shortest, I believe. Because he steps in and Hogan knocks him right out. Do they beat that later with Santino Morella? Or is it all yeah, the same? Yeah, they may. I know Warlord is the one when they start doing the rumble by the numbers. Yeah, they always right. show him as the quickest. But Mo is like the nominal quickest for a while. I love how like when they do those things, they always want it to be a guy on the roster that holds the record. Right. Which is like, oh, it's not Warlord anymore. It's Santino. Right. Yeah. But it's the same time. You think we, f- we didn't forget the Warlord. It was 0.9 seconds. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Well, I gave him the one. That's fine. So that gives him a score of one. Because it is memorable. Like, if you think Mo 95, you knew it more than anything he did in 94. No, I, I would have thought Mo is in there forever in 94, angering me. And then Mo, I wouldn't even remember he was in there. You didn't remember the quick. Oh, see, that's like no. one of the first things that jumps out at me in that rumble is no. that he comes in and gets thrown right out by Bundy. I just remember seeing Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn in it and being like, <laughs> what is happening to the, this company? And then you became Aaron Dunn watching that. <laughs> Aaron Dunn. Um, all right, so that gives him one. I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to say right off the bat, he's better than Tenru 1994. <laughs> I can get with that. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, according to your calculations, he's also better than Hardcore Holly 2008. Yep. Is he better than Bart Gun 1995? So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. But Bart's the dummy who gets dumped with his brother fighting on the ropes like an yeah, idiot. So I'm, I'm going to okay. say Mo is better. Yeah, you know what? Let's put him ahead of Billy Gun 1995 yeah. also. I don't yeah. know why we have him two slots ahead of Bart. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, here, here's some symmetry. Better than Big Daddy V 2008? I don't remember. Seven minutes, 
So eliminate. I'm going to say he's better. Yeah, okay. He's better than Animal 2006. Yeah. Uh, yep. Better than the two Visceras. Yep. Better than Damien Demento. Yes. Savio Vega 98. Yes. Okay, so he's the top of the ones. All right. So we have moved uh, He's only three seconds. Of course he's the best. <laughs> I'd rather watch three seconds of him than 12 minutes of Damien Demento laying on the mat. <laughs> Wait, you don't think Damien Demento was working hard in that match? No. Mondo clean. Mondo clean. All right, so that uh, leaves Mo as the 276th best Rumble appearance of all time. <laughs> not bad. Uh, yeah. Quick quick stats for Mo, because uh. uh, why not? Uh, total ring time, 22 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> okay. Total ring time in the first appearance, 22 minutes, 46 <laughs> seconds. Uh, eliminated zero people and was in two Royal Rumbles. Yeah. A bit of a disappointment? No. No. I think he over-delivered. You know who else over-delivers oh. every single time? Viewer's choice. Yeah, they do when they show up to work. Which is every pay-per-view. Absolutely. <laughs> every major yeah. show. Marcus and Tim and sometimes a rotating cadre of guests. <laughs> yes, yes. They are live pretty much right after every major WWE, AEW, and occasional NXT event. That's right. They are within hours that goes live on the network. And Marcus is not usually as angry at current NXT. No. As past NXT as you guys are on uh, Wrestling Above Replacement. As we were, because we've moved on. That's true. We've moved on. Uh, so yes, Wrestling Above Replacement is our super nerdy show. Even nerdier than this, I think. Where mm, we're close. breaking down every pay-per-view season on a plus-minus system. That's right. And rating all the pay-per-views in all the years. So we did... The NXT one you mentioned was 18... Uh, 17... No, it was 1819. 1819. did uh, New York. And then we did the one episode season of 85, 86. That's right. Which was fun. That was just... Uh, Wrestling Classic and WrestleMania 2. Yeah. And you guys were very charitable in WrestleMania 2, which I appreciated. It was heavy on moments. If yeah. you're heavy on moments, you're going to succeed on that program. Mm-hmm. And program. Uh, we're now doing uh, 0405. That's right. And that dropped on Saturday, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's that runs every other Saturday, and that runs in tandem with you and me, No Holds Barred. Yeah. Where we do all kinds of nothing that's barred with holds. No, we don't do any bars yeah. or holds. No, none of that. But I do want to mention before we move on, uh, Jennifer Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jenny position, everything is excellent that comes across on yeah, that. That's every Wednesday. Yeah, that's her day. It's a rotation of shows. You have Freak Out Drive-In. You have Talk and Pop, maybe, mm-hmm. occasionally. You heard about Pluto. You heard about Pluto, which is a great show. Sometimes, if she can wrangle us, we do the Journey Through Infinity. There you go. Um, so it's it's a, a great content every Wednesday. She's taking over Hump Day. Mm. The Humpty Dance. Uh-huh. Doodly baby. All right. Speaking of doodly baby Humpty dancing, we have uh, the great Kabuki. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Great Kabuki. <laughs> Finkel would have thrown a fit. I don't know about this guy, the Great Kabuki. Uh, okay. Did you know who he was in 1994? I had no fucking clue, but I have been watching some World Class to go to bed at night, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing him there now. Oh, you mean now, though? Now, you not that. Watching Norton. <laughs> I did watch World Class as a kid, but I didn't remember right. him. So no, when Kabuki came in, he was just some guy that Fuji brought in. And if Fuji's bringing him in, he's probably going to suck. Probably going to be garbage. And he did. Uh, so he comes in at 22, and he's brought in as one of Fuji's assassins. Yeah, a bounty hunter, yes. if you will. Yes, him and uh, our boy Tenru are brought in to take Luger out of the rumble. Yes. Now, I am not impressed that his face paint has nothing to do with the color of his pants. Yeah. He, we were... he, he didn't seem to give a shit about anything. No, including his own physical fitness. And I will body shame Kabuki. But you know what? He had that same body in like 1982 world class. And I'm watching like, <laughs> n- n- he's like almost like an Arn Anderson where he looks the same. Hmm. He doesn't look any older. Do you think he's like secretly like a really dangerous guy like Haku? He may be. I mean, he sprays that mist. Because <laughs> yeah, you get in the way of that mist, you might go blind. I got like this. I went swimming at the gym and I just, I feel like I'm sweating chlorine. Like, it's in my eyes. Yeah. There's a massive odor of chlorine. Can you smell it? No. Oh, it feels like it. Yeah. 
It's like when you go on a roller coaster and for the next like four days you feel like you're moving. So Tenro and Kabuki beat up Luger in the back. That's right. But it's it doesn't work because Luger shows up. With mops. Yes, with, with mops. Yeah. I just remember him throwing a mop, <laughs> but not from but like from too far for it to really hurt. Right. So Kabuki stalks out. Uh, Vince and DiBiase are selling him as a threat immediately. He's here with Fuji. He's here to take out Luger. Well, Vince goes, it's Kabuki. And DiBiase corrects him and goes, the great Kabuki. Like, <laughs> just any Kabuki. Yeah, he wants that adjective right in there. He's the greatest Kabuki. Yeah. It's not just any Kabuki. Uh, he, so he blends in right away, though. And he just kind of walks around. And does he go at Lex Luger? Absolutely not. He goes at Tatanka. <laughs> of course. <laughs> for some reason. Because Fuji is not very good at explaining. Do you think he thought that was Lex Luger? Or do you think like he just forgot what he was there to do already? I feel like no one explained to him what the storyline... Well, wait, are you talking about in storyline or in real life? Well, here's the thing. Luger wasn't even in the ring. So we oh. can't blame him too much. Oh. But he does go after Tatanka, who's right, Luger's, Luger's buddy. Next. That's right, Luger's uh, But Luger does come in red hot. They're like, go after the American. And he's right. like, all right, Native American. <laughs> <laughs> but he eliminates... Uh, Luger comes in and just throws Kabuki out right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pathetic showing. Yeah. He literally accomplished nothing. No. No. Well, he did. He was one of the crew that helped eliminate Mabel. In this... Ma- he uh, Nothing. He, was he not part of the crew? Nothing. There's no payoff to the mercenary angle. Luger treats him like a bag of garbage when he gets to the room. He picks him up and just throws him like this. I will say this. He I, didn't even get in his way. No, but I will say this. At least, he. I'm going to say, he did more to sell the mercenary angle in the match than Tenru did. Because Luger went right after him and threw him out. But he didn't go after Luger. Why? Luger wasn't in the ring! <laughs> But he didn't go at Luger when Luger came in. Luger went at him. Yeah, but there was no He time. should have been waiting. He should have seen him and been stalking and sprayed the mist as he came in. I agree he probably should have sprayed the mist, but there's no way... All zeros. Well, I gave a one. Well, he's above Bob Holly. <laughs> You're goddamn right. I gave a one for actually being able to do the... Um, to, to sell the bounty on it. So, here we are. I know he's above Holly. Yeah, I'm fine with him being above Holly. I mean... He's not in there long either, so we might have another situation like that. Let's just go from let's try from the is he I'm okay putting Mo ahead. I'm mm-hmm. okay also putting him ahead of Savio Vega in nineteen ninety eight. Let's do it. Okay, there we go. Back to back, Mo and Kabuki. Did you know that the name for theater, a certain type of theater in Japan Kabuki. is Kabuki? Mm-hmm. And when I learned that in theater school, all I could think of was this fucking great kabuki. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. It's the second time where wrestling has like permeated um, something to do with theater for me. You know what I think of when I think of great? What? The wrestler that was. Oh my God. That's your podcast on Mondays, every other Monday. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, I apologize for last Monday not having one. I just didn't have time to, to get it in on time. And I really do want to make sure they keep the quality high on it. Mm-hmm. But it's basically just a love letter and a deep dive into anybody who's currently retired from right. the WWF. And you're not just co- you're mainly covering the pay-per-views, but you're also touching on their overall general careers. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend, honestly, it depends who it is, right? right? Because like if I'm uh, like for instance when I did the Hockey Talk Man, right? Like there's just not enough pay-per-view appearances. Right. So I had to dig deep into kind of the MSGs and mm-hmm. stuff like that to see if there was something there. But um, if you're a fan of old school wrestling, I mean, give it a try. It's a solo podcast, so you got to be able to stand my voice. Uh, but it's I'm a lot of sick of it. I know, I know. But and we've only been together like three hours. <laughs> it's, it's enough. Uh, it's enough. But yeah, that's every other Monday. Ugh. That runs in tandem with this. That angle right there is enough too. Oof. <laughs> and, oh my goodness. But you know an angle I can't get enough of is you and Chad on Wrestling Warzone. That's a lot of fun. Every other Thursday we're going through the Monday Night Wars. Uh, we're currently in the fall of 1996. Buried Alive uh, should be out probably either by the time you're hearing this or soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're headed toward Halloween Havoc, which is a fun show. How far is Halloween Havoc after Buried Alive? It's the next week, I believe. Oh, okay. So it's like one after the other kind of thing. Right, but we have the Raw, the Nitro. Oh, then. yeah, that's great. That's right. That's right. But the Raw, the night after Buried Alive is a big one because that's the Mr. Perfect uh, return. Oh, with Triple H? Yes. Oh, interesting. No spoilers. Uh, and then every other Thursday opposite of that is Extreme Three Way Dance. Myself, Matt, and Jenny going through the history of ECW. Mm-hmm. We are. Uh, Knocking on the door of Barely Legal. So it should be out any week now. Oh my goodness. I love that show. Yeah. Uh, another show I love, and because it deals with new stuff, is Clotheslines and Headlines. 2.0. 2.0, that's right. So every other Friday, Ryan Gray and his band of misfits break down current day WWE and indies. They do an indie corner. So uh, they are, you know, talk some Beyond Wrestling. They'll talk a lot of GCW and other stuff. 
And then opposite that on Friday, every other Friday is our AEW podcast. You know what that means with Jordan and Andrew. They do a great job too, diving into all the happenings of all elite. So every Friday here is current wrestling day. Current wrestling, that's right. And what's great is they're both really positive shows. Yeah. The yeah. AEW crew loves AEW. Yeah. Uh, the WWE crew really loves WWE, and I think that's a really interesting compliment to it. Yeah, other. they're not complaining, right? They're they're looking at it. They they'll talk about down stuff, but they're not just there to complain no. and piss and moan about it. They're they, not like me. No one's really like you. That's true. That's true. But that's probably a good thing. Another good thing, though, before we forget, absolutely, is the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast with Jake Williams. Yes, that's every other Tuesday. Jake and a rotating band of guests go through the Ruthless Aggressive Era. They are into early 03. Yeah, they're, they're closing. They haven't done the Rumble yet, but they're closing in. No, they're on the... They've oh, they passed the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, No Way Out. They're getting close to That's right. It's yeah. No Way Out. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was at that show, No Way Out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you should be on the show. It's a terrible show. You should reach out to Jake. Jake... You should do the podcast. Uh, let me know, Jake. Um, yeah, that's every other Tuesday. And with them is our new buddies, Gen New Gen on a Mission, yeah. Pratt and Slomka. And they just finished up the night after SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're doing like the month, like the Raws and, and Superstars after SummerSlam. That's right. That's right. I enjoyed their And they, they did a great job building SummerSlam, too. They covered the SummerSlam Spectacular. They covered mm-hmm. all the Raws, all the Superstars, the Body Slam Challenge. Like, yeah. they really dug deep to hype that. So, they did a nice job. I also learned that Slomka really does not like Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Really? Yeah. Because Tim was uh, not... Uh, JP was like, you know what you should do is listen to the wrestler that was. He right. covered Diesel. And he's like, I'm not listening to that one. I hate Diesel. What a bastard. But I think he'd be pleasantly surprised yeah. at my coverage of Diesel. I liked it. Like, Tim was flawless to me until now. Mm. I never had any part of Tim that I did not like or enjoy until that comment right there. Thanks, Tim. Fucker. Speaking of flawless, now entering the Royal Rumble. <laughs> He doesn't have this music yet. In 94, he's got the Star and Stripes Forever stuff. I know, I know. Do you think that takes away from the ending of that match when it's like, they're playing Bret Hart's music, and then they, or the winner of Lex Look, it's not, they were not trying to get anybody else to cheer for him outside of America. I will say this. I actually thought that was his best WWE theme music. Oh, the Narcissus song is okay. I, I love the Narcissus one. But I like that. I like the Star Wars Forever better than the dun 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 dun. Like that one, that felt too quiet for Luger. Well, because it was it was the sound. Like if that had just been recorded at a normal level, I think it would be better. I don't know. Star Wars Forever to me brought a lot more more excitement and energy into the. I agree. When he came out, it was very bombastic. Now, do you think that if it hold on if his dun 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 one was leveled up and still mixed with Davy Boy does that one trump Stars the Allied Stars Powers Power. version trumps all of them yeah because that's a great song dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Rube Britannia is dun, already dun, 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 dun. but the volume dun, again dun, dun. yeah it's off it's what, what's lower Lex Luger's dun dun song or the guys yelling at the beginning of Fatu's uh, making a <laughs> <laughs> what if they combined Bulldog's theme with Stars face forever. Okay, so it's that blends the countries better, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. It actually do that. gets it across more than his music. Why wouldn't they do that? We gotta go back and fix it. Yeah, yeah. If I had a time That's machine, I will book it. That's the one thing I'd fix in history. Time machine. Yeah, so that's me. Uh, all right, Lex Luger, 1994, massive pop, big linchpin for this Rumble. Obviously, yeah. comes in at 23. This is a big storyline because he had used his last title match at SummerSlam mm-hmm. at the SummerSlam. Yep, thank uh, you. So he had to beg, borrow, and steal again to try and get a rematch. So he enters in the Rumble, and this is his path to a rematch at WrestleMania, which seemed to be the obvious storyline. Yes. As soon as he lost at SummerSlam, it seemed quite obvious he'd win the Rumble and win the title. And win the title at WrestleMania. Yeah. 
So you expect to come into the show. That's what I expected coming to the show. Mm. Then they tee up the Bret Hart knee injury on a platter. They're like, okay. He's not going to win. Bret's out. He's probably not even going to be there. It's all Luger. Everything seemed pretty hunky-dory. He comes out, gets a big pop, cleans house. DiBiase shocked he showed up after that tepid beating in the back. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I had to remember the beating because it was so tepid. I've fallen harder playing basketball in the backyard (laughs) than Luger got beat up by Kabuki. Kabuki with the mop and maybe push the bucket on him. Yeah, I mean, come on. So he does go right at Kabuki like we talk about. He throws him out. Yeah. And then he's pinging around the ring with great... Like, just flying around, beating the shit out of everyone. Destroys Michaels. Yes. Like, just clotheslines him. And I feel like I mentioned this on a few... I'm sure we've talked about it. But that, for me, is a major missed great match. Yeah. Is Michaels and Luger. I think that would yeah. be really fun. Yeah. I, because Well, it's, it's odd because you think their paths would cross, but they really don't. Because when Luger is coming up as a face is when Sean... Is feuding it perfect and then it's gone for the fall. Yeah. He comes back and he's right into the razor feud. So I guess the best chance would have been like January to March, maybe, to have a match. Mm. But then Sean's out until Is he hurt? Yeah, like his I think he was just like rest like resting. Cause man, like how much better would right. SummerSlam ninety four have been with Michaels and Luger on the car? Right, also. yeah, they could have built it that because Luger does fight Diesel like that summer. Yeah. And then I guess, I mean, again, I guess there's a window there after SummerSlam where they could have had a match. But by the by January, he's locked in on Diesel, so. Yeah, we, instead we got Tatanka. Tatanka. That's, that's a Bobby Tatanka toy, as they say at WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, he ends up a crush in the corner. He'll, he'll be a feud with him eventually. Vince is like, right away, he's like, somebody better slow him down or he'll repeat the performance of Diesel. <laughs> Which I thought was the oddest way to phrase right. he's going to throw people out. Yeah, well, Diesel was impressive just moments ago. Mm-hmm. So Tenru comes in. We've talked about this ad, ad nauseum. Uh, he lays in a Luger with chops, but Luger beats him back. And then he walks away. Then he just leaves. Yeah. Why, why? Why do the job you're paid to do? Yeah, why, why come to the United States to do this? <laughs> <Right>. Just stay <laughs> in Japan. Uh, I guess one angle we didn't think about is that he's trying to double-cross Fuji and just win the Rumble and, and win the world title. From Yokozuna? Yeah, maybe he's just there to double-cross them all. He doesn't look like he's trying to win either, though. I don't think he's trying to win. He's just tired. So Luger goes back to Sean. Uh, DiBiase says Luger has to be... He's he's obsessed with this attack from earlier. He's like, he has to be hurting (laughs) from that attack. Uh, But whenever he's on top, he's got a lot of fire. Wherever he is, you see him in the ring. Oh, yeah. He's got great power moves, great explosiveness. He then attacks Tatanka from behind. Right. Is this... Where the resentment for t- from Tatanka it's starts? every man for himself. I think Tatanka knows that. You don't think Tatanka had already potentially sold out? So you think he waits eight months to reveal that he's the man that's going to prove it? <laughs> patient men. Comes from a line of patient <laughs> men. Uh, so it's funny because they throw down like mid-ring and then just both walk away. I know. I know. And then, so when Brett comes in, all I'm thinking about now, in, in, in retrospect, knowing the ending, right. it's like... They really handicapped Luger here by giving Brett this injury angle. Yeah. Because the end is going to be a popularity contest, right? right? And it's like, come on. Like, you right. set up this guy as, like, the ultimate... Luger should have gotten beat up. I wonder if they should... They probably didn't want to take away from Taker, but I think the better would have been if Luger tried to save him. If Luger died in the casket? <laughs> then he comes back. Yeah. If Luger tried to save him... He moves him, a stone? Because it does look dumb that no one tries to help him. So right. what if Luger comes out and then Kabuki and Tenru attack him in the aisle, drag him to the ring, and Yoko squashes him. Yeah, and then they put him in the casket with the Undertaker. Right, <laughs> but he rolls out the bottom. <laughs> so, but now that's at least like a believable assault. Yeah, not two guys in a broom closet right. yeah. with whatever they found. Right. It was very lazy. It's like they remembered last minute, oh shit, he's supposed to be hurt too. Yeah. Just kick him for a minute. But why did they need him? I guess they wanted they they want want him on even playing ground, that they're both coming over, overcoming odds. But you could have just used the bounty to overcome the odds and actually made it more effective. Actually have Tenru uh, act right. on the bounty in the ring? Or have Yoko help those guys in the back. Yeah. Him up. Like, Jump on him a bunch. Because he doesn't want the title shot. He doesn't want Yoko him with that title was shot. fat. He, he was very fat. Yeah. That's not to body shame him. That's Lex a- goes back to Tenru. He kicks at him. Heads back to Sean. Uh, Vince again says, no one expected Luger to make it here yes. after earlier. He, um, he does save Brett 
from a crush press slam? Yes. Do you think he regretted that later? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I think he looks back at that as a big mistake. Yeah. Fatu elbows Luger in the head so many times that Greg Valentine he's like, fuck it, I'm going to say This is way too much. Yeah, I can't take this anymore. He ends up ducking an atom bomb charge. He eliminates atom bomb. That, that turns DiBiase's attention to him for a minute. Yeah. How embarrassing he is. Oh, they, they just wait till we get to atom bomb. Yeah. Because they just crap all over him. He also is the one, the main guy who eliminates Crush. Right. So Crush kind of like, a bunch of them are trying to get Crush out and he's fighting. But Luger gets that last punch. Yes. To knock yeah. him right down. Then uh, he dodges Bigelow. He knocks him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, that's really been his best offense, is ducking guys who run at him yeah. and, and throwing them out. He's very good at that. He also saves Brett again, yes. this time from Shawn Michaels. Do you think again. later on he regretted it? <laughs> yes. It was like Warrior saving uh, Hogan. No, was it? Yeah, Warrior saving Hogan yeah. in 90, right? He saved him a few times. There's no way. What an ass. There's no way Hogan's going to repay that favor. Right, yeah. Have you you just got to know going in. Any of any of his. Uh, so him and Luger work together. Uh, him and Brett work together. They throw out Tenru to get to the final four. Yeah. They start hot. He charges at Fatu. Takes a pretty good beating from Fatu, um, but cuts him down with a great clothesline. He eliminates Sean on the charge in the cool spot. I love the spot right before where um, Fatu like throws him in an Irish whip, puts his head down, and Luger slams it into the mat. Yes. And Fatu just pops up and yes. levels him Smash with a him. kick. Love that shot. But yet again, he ducks, eliminates Sean. That's right. <laughs> it's his offense. Then we get the infamous finale that everyone pretty much knows. Luger and Brett. And, but as soon as they start punching, the right. crowd goes insane. Well, you don't get that. It's like, since Hogan Warrior, we haven't really had like the two top yeah. faces throwing down in a rumble like this. So like it was kind of a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the very memorable double tumble to the floor. Yeah. Now, something about that that I never noticed before is that when it first happens, Morella goes up to Hebner and says, Luger touched first. Mm. And then Morella says... Brett touched first. Yeah. Are you surprised that Earl Hebner was trying to fuck Brett here? <laughs> no, not <a> surprised. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm going to wait three more years. <laughs> I didn't get it this time, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll get that Bret Hart. Um, so we get a long back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Tunney comes out. Oh. The fans are ba- the fans are backing Brett because they keep announcing each guy is the winner based on the announcement. Um, and then they do the decision that it's a tie. I wonder if... I mean, I know they're probably going to back Brett, but like they first play Luger's music and everybody cheers. Right. People actually do go crazy for him. Yeah. Only when they turn the music off, though, right. are there boos. Yeah. So I wonder if if the... I can't tell if the boos are for Luger. No, they were for Luger. Yeah? I, I mean, I was there. Yeah, you were there. It was yeah. definitely... I've said it a million times. Providence is a big Brett. Brett and Savage all the way. Right. So there was no way Luger was going to win in that town over Brett. Mm. Now, I think people would have been okay with Luger winning if he just won. Right, but because it was this popularity contest. Once, once they announced that Brett was now maybe an option, yeah, it was over. Well, and what what bothers me about all of this is Earl was the one who was like, Brett touched first. Right. But then later, Earl's the one raising Brett's hand. Right. It's like they forgot whose yeah, side they, they were did. supposed to be on. So I think, you know, the finish, it's one of those things. It's like short-term pain for long-term gain. Like, the decision and the story after it is actually done well. Mm-hmm. And it sets up Mania to be pretty cool. Yep. But in that moment, it's a tough sell for like ordering that pay-per-view and also being there live was like deflating. Do you think it's a tough sell because of what has come before it on the show too? Yeah, I mean, Undertaker lost, the Hearts lost, and now we like don't even get a finish in the Rumble. Like It did feel a little bit like... like it reminds me of, of WrestleMania 9 in that I find like nothing is is there's a couple of bad things on right. WrestleMania nine, but I think when you leave WrestleMania nine, everything is made worse because every match is a fuck finish. Right. Yeah. Right. And I wonder if that played into it there. And but looking back, it's like does it really matter? Like who cares? Both guys won, and they're both like fan favorites. So That's like, it. is it really a big deal? I don't know. I, I think you get a really unique right. Like in the moment, it sucked, but I think looking back, yes, That's cool. Yeah. Like I, I like that it happened. Like I don't I don't look at this Rumble. Any worse for right. having this finish? Yeah, because it's unique. Um, Luger was awesome. Oh, I thought he was great. He got so much shit done in there. He was his work was basic, but those spurts of energy, his selling was really good. Yeah, a lot of focus. He felt like a star. Um, it was a strong night for him in his first ever rumble. Like I, I thought, you this was the best he looked as a face. I think maybe since the body slam challenge, I guess or whatever. Yeah, like and maybe ever. This might be his best face moment in the WWF. Maybe. Yeah, and watching this back, it's it just feels like a tremendous waste of potential, right? Of, of him because he was so 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 good. I would agree. 
Um, I, I don't. Th- I, I actually don't think they could have presented him much stronger, with the exception of, of him like being more hurt than Brett. Right. So as for presentation, I went one step below what I had Brett ninety four. I had Brett ninety four at eight, so I went seven for Luger. I went six. Um, honestly, I thought some of the try hard stuff hurt a little bit. Do you mean on commentary? Yeah, like I think with the trying to hammer in the attack, like it almost mm. made him look weak, like because it was such a weak attack. It was like yeah. they expected him to be even more beaten down. Um, I yeah. wonder if they saw the attack. Maybe they didn't see it. Yeah, like was that an inset that maybe they didn't? Maybe, see? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think he was. Um, and as soon as Brett comes in, like they don't focus as much on Luger either. Right. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Like I, I thought that it was a very impressive. It's gonna balance out anyway because I there's one later where I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, work rate. I went four. You did too. Yeah. Impressive. Fast, strong, right. not a ton of variety, right. but all of his impact stuff really hit. Right. But there wasn't a lot of different, there was no big memorable spots. There was a lot of punch, kick, and like ducks, which again yeah. worked. And it was, it was a, the aggression was there and everything, but you didn't get like those couple of big spots to really elevate the work rate. No, I would agree with that. And it, and on, it also played to his strengths. Right. Like Luger's best matches are always with Flair, with yeah. someone who can bounce around for him, right? right? And Michaels was that for a lot of them. Yeah. And even the big guys they had, like there's a moment where he clotheslines Fatu. Too, right. Yeah. And he has the flip, you know? So I think everybody in the ring made him look good too. Yep. Uh, I am at a six for effectiveness. Again, it's only... I, I, I was really comparing this to Brett. Right. Right. And so I went seven for effectiveness for Brett in uh, in this exact spot. And I think Luger was just a touch behind only because he won the popular... He lost the popularity right. contest. I went seven here, so it inverts the first one, so we pretty much washed. But yeah, I, I think he was super effective. He eliminates six guys, which is the most in the match. It's it, no, it's oh no, one Diesel, below. yeah, that's right. yeah. almost, but it's still, but a, lot. still yeah. a lot between him and Diesel. It's thirteen half guys. the field, yeah. So they, um, he he won the match ostensibly yeah. twenty minutes, but he's like super effective in the match. He's always moving around, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean. He's the winner, so it counts. There you go. Yeah, he is the win. Well, one of the winners. Uh, that gives him a score of thirty-four, mm. which I was a little bit surprised yeah. that he scored that high. Yep. Um, so he uh, he is going to uh, get a spot all of his own mm. because there's no ties here, and he's going to finish twentieth. Okay, all time. that's pretty good. Top twenty. Yeah. Now let's give him some context. So he is nestled one spot ahead of him. Ahead of him is Hulk Hogan from 1991. So he had a total score of thirty-four points. Yeah. One spot ahead of him is Hulk Hogan, 1991, with 35 points. One spot below, Ted DiBiase, 1990, 33 points. Right. So, very good showing for Luger at all time. I mean, I would say we're up to, what, 270-something? So, it's, or whatever. It'll, by the end of tonight, it'll be 310. Okay. So, 310, he's top 20. I mean, that's, like, elite. Oh, yeah. I I keep coming, because Luger, Luger's known as a failure and a choke and mm-hmm. everything like that. But looking back, he's really become one of my sneaky little favorite guys. Right. Like, not necessarily in WWF. His WWF run is what it is. Yeah. But when you look at the, the totality of his career, I think he's a lot better than most people right. tend to give him credit for. Yeah. Top 20 is pretty good. And yeah. That's... And when I, off the top, when I said uh, we have some contenders, I was being completely facetious. Well, you were uh, not facetious enough. I know. Or too facetious. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, he, was he a contender? No, but he was not far off from being in the conversation. No, top 20 is great. Yeah. Like, look, uh, yeah, that's like a top five percentile. Right. Right. So, so that's really good. Uh, but he is back in 1995. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, he's not as hot as a babyface. He comes in number 19. Mm-hmm. And right away, how much better does he look with long hair? Yeah, it definitely helps than the, than the little mini mullet. I hate I hate his uh, original USA hair. Yeah, what are they going for there? Like just all American perm, perm. Yeah, oh, that long hair is just him. Well, he didn't really have too much long hair as a narcissist. It was kind of there, but not the. Yeah. He didn't have the full Luger mane as even well, narcissist. Well, the narcissist was was that a different character? Kind yeah, it wasn't even him. Yeah, he was a Greek god, right? Yeah. Did they call him? They call him Lex Luger, though, right? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. He's too recognizable not to. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So he gets, I think he gets a good pop. I mean, we know it's a weak field. Yes. He throws Mabel out like a pillow, which was impressive. Because every other time, the year before, it took like eight guys to Yeah, he just comes in and flips him out. Yeah. And then he press slams Sean, so he's right back to Sean. Great clotheslines. Yes. Yeah, like usual. But the press slam is kind of stupid. Yep. Because you should be throwing him out. Yes. Uh, he works a bulldog. Uh, Mantar knocks him down, <laughs> yeah. and then he fights with Sean. He tries to help Bulldog wherever he can. Um, they get a little double team action in. He's fighting guys off. Uh, he goes, you know, back to Bulldog. They regroup. So pretty good strategy. Him and Bulldog are working together, even though King calls it dumb. Yeah, well, it's not dumb if you actually stick together till the end. Right. I think it's a shrewd move. I do like at one point he kind of backs into Bulldog and yes. he raises the fist and then thinks better of it. Right. He's like, why am I going to do that? Yeah. Keep your friends close. Like, just until the end. Yeah. I do think it's kind of shitty that he gets choked by Stephen Dunn. (laughs) Like, that's a a bit of a hard sell for me. Probably didn't need that. Um, And then Vince, at this point, declares, uh, Lex Luger is a deserving individual to win this thing. Well, he does. He says he's a favorite, which I think after last year, and when you look at the field of this match, I think is believable. Is he the biggest star in the match? Yes. Yeah, he is, right? Michaels is not on his level yet. Right. I, I like that they give Bulldog the chance, but... I think the whole thing is more believable if it's Luger and Sean the whole way through. You're not going to get an argument out of me because then we get our Sean-Luger match. Well, and like Bulldog probably wasn't going to win. So if you really want to work that swerve at the end, Luger, maybe you can get into the conversation. Or maybe even you have Bulldog there. Like You you swap them. You have Luger and uh, uh, Luger at the beginning. Bulldog comes in where Luger comes Mm -hmm. in at 19. And maybe... um, Bulldog does something at the end to help cost Luger. Right. And then you set that up for WrestleMania instead right. of the Nazis. <laughs> yes. Were they Nazis yet or were they just a mountain man? I think they've always been Nazis. Okay, just checking. So, yeah, Luger ends up uh, knocking Backlund out when Backlund gets in after the attack by Brett. Oh, yeah. He, but he does, he, 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 he shows us the forearm right. and taps the forearm and then does not use the forearm. No, he does not. Yeah. Well, he may have thought better of it. Yeah. Didn't want to hurt himself. I don't want to kill this old man. Uh, goes back to Mantar. He's, he's with Mantar a lot. If you had a gun to your head, could you identify Timothy Well from Stephen Dunn? Yes. I don't think I could. Well's got the dark hair. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. But he, I don't think I could. He looks well. Well, well done. Uh, Luger eventually deadlifts and powers Mantar out. That looked pretty cool. Yes. He's got some good eliminations here. Oh, yeah, he's good. Um, he also saves Shawn Michaels from Dickie Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And King is like... The king goes, well, that was stupid. And then Vince goes, nope, I disagree with that. <laughs> what could the disagreement right, right, There's really be? no disagreement at all. Yeah. Uh, but Luger's just a lot of strikes. He takes a lot of strikes. He's clearly fatigued, but he's pushing on. Uh, like you said, he saves Sean twice. And then Vince, later, the second time, Lawler's getting... Lawler's Lawler thinks getting, they have a deal. He's like, yeah, maybe they have a deal. Lex Luger makes no deals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. And he goes, he wasn't trying to save Sean. He was trying to belt Murdoch. Yeah, it's an odd take. Yeah. Um, he takes some fun strikes from Murdoch. And then Sonny's in the final five. And I like in the final five, it almost becomes a, a, almost a final four. Right. Where like Davey and him get in a corner and like Davey's patting him on the chest. Right, right. They're working together. Yeah. And at this point, they should run this ring right out. Right. They really should. Because it's, it's, it's Sean, it's Crush, and... Godwin. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're kind of big, I guess. Well, and then we get the re- repeat of 94. Sean char- charges at Luger. Flies. Same thing. Yeah. But this time he does a backdrop amount instead of Sean and, and Hank double him up. Yeah. Uh, Luger dips. He throws out Godwin. Uh, and he's he's still in there with the final four now. That's right. He fights off Sean and Crush, but eventually they swarm him and Crush shoves him out. And Vince says, this is a major disappointment for Luger and the fans. <laughs> and the fans. Second year in a row we've disappointed the fans. <laughs> um, I, I want to say that I love, I don't know if this is on purpose, but I love these little storylines we can find where like yeah. Luger eliminated Crush and Michaels the year before. Yeah, and they and, get him this and year. And they get him this year. No, that was cool. Um, and it's a strong showing for Luger again. Like he looks like a star. He got some kills. Uh, he stared the back end of the match as the face, a lot of energy, cleaned out some scrubs. Again, I think they could have had him and Sean would have been a, a better ending um, if they're the last two. I think it's believable if he hits him with the forearm, forearm, and Sean flops out, pulls yeah. him back in. Uh, but even with that, like even with all the push and the focus and the pop, it still feels a little bit like time had passed him by this by this point. Yeah, just a little bit. But it's a good night. I mean, it was going to be hard to follow up '94, 
but he actually does pretty well. He's fine. And I really, I mean, looking back, I don't, I remember this feeling like a foregone conclusion match. Right. And it's like, you're not going to do Luger Diesel. No. You know, like. But it's more likely than Bulldog Diesel. Yes, I would agree. So, like, I think no matter what Sean was winning, I, I'm speaking more to you, um, right. time passing him by. Right, than, right. Yeah. Than the believability. I think you're right. Luger would have been much. But it's a good showing. 19 oh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Four eliminations. It's good stuff. Um, I thought they presented him really well. Yeah. Not as well as the year before. No. But still very strong. I'm at a five for presentation. Yeah, me too. He was still strongly presented. Uh, three for work. It's just a step below the year before. Right. But still really good. All the same kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm at a four for effectiveness. Makes the final four, eliminates four guys. Is a major factor in the match. Yep. So that gives Luger a score of 24. Uh, which again is is not bad. Um, I think he's only tied with one, no, two people. Excuse me. Is he better than Mister Perfect, nineteen eighty nine? Probably not. Okay, so then he's the bottom of the. That's a tough one, though. Yeah, so then he's the bottom of the twenty fours, but that's still fine. Yeah, uh, that puts him at fiftieth. Again, out of 310. and that's Yeah, really, that's that's pretty good. That's really good. So again, he's nestled between Mr. Perfect 89 ahead and one below him, Shawn Michaels, 1992. Okay. Yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. I'm actually surprised because I really like him. Really he's a him. good Rumble performer. You know why? Because he, he wrestles with energy. He's big. He stands out. He's strong so he can do big power spots. Yeah, no, he had a good run. No, he's a lot of fun. Um, a, a real lot of fun from from Luger, and not I guess not surprising considering how much I end up liking him mm. later. Uh, but just some quick stats on Luger: he's only in two, sadly, so he's not going to qualify for our overall top ten. Um, but in there, out of uh, he's in there two rumbles, forty minutes, forty nine seconds, and in that time eliminates ten guys. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, he's a pretty big dynamo, and like we only talk about our top guys in terms of like uh, if they've been in three rumbles. Yeah, but if we didn't. If it was just like, um, if it was just like whoever, like if we did a percentage for mm-hmm. no matter what, uh, he finishes, he finishes tied for fifth with Yokozuna. Right. So pretty good. Yeah. Which is cool that they're yeah. paired together. Right. Uh, but that's it. So he's not going to touch sadly our, our overall list, but I, great showing for Lex Luger. It was. Yeah. We had an interesting batch. We lived in 94, 95 tonight. I know. And we're almost done 1994. Sad, but one, good. One more guy. Yeah. With the guy who was going to win the Royal the, Rumble. The biggest loser. <laughs> the biggest loser. Before the show was even popular. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to run down our top 10, um, our top 10 per, uh, performances of all time? Yes. At number 10, we have Bret Hart from this very Rumble, 1994. Yeah, he's fallen. At number 9, The Ultimate Warrior from 1990. Number 8, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number 7, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Number 6, The Undertaker, 2002. Number 5, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number 4, Diesel, 1994. Number 3, Hulk Hogan, 89. Number 2, Shawn Michaels, 2010. And holding strong at number 1, Ric Flair, 1992. At the beginning of this project, I feel like of all of these, Hogan 89 would be the one I wouldn't have expected to be there. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, then Maybe got- take a row two and up that high. I knew we, I knew he'd be good, but like... Yeah. Given like he's kind of mid, mid-level and it's almost comedic. I mean, you could almost say Diesel as well. Not yeah. That, right. Because like, we, I mean, I would, have, I would have assumed off the top that we'd be favoring the people that have been in there a long time. Right. Yeah. All right. So then we have our top performers. They have to be in there uh, three rumbles at least. It's a percentage based on all their scores. Number 10, Mr. Perfect. Number 9, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number 8, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. Number 7, Diesel. Number 6, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Number 5, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Crazy that he's there. Yeah, with no top performances. I know. Number 4, Brett, the Hitman Hart. Number 3, The Undertaker. Number 2, Shawn Michaels. And number 1, the Immortal, Hulk Hogan. My goodness. So no change, of course. But I think if Luger had had one more, he'd be up there. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just he's not there. If he had Moe's 95. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what would he have fit better in? Would he have fit better in 93 or 96? Probably 93. Yeah, I think 93 is an narcissist debuting in that match. Would have been cool. Yeah, I, would, I mean, he could have helped the match. Yes. He could have probably eliminated Mr. Perfect instead right. of Lawler. And, right. And they do the same thing, yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll be back in two weeks. More Rumble Talk. Always check out everything the North-South Connection and keep on rumbling.